Welcome back, everyone. This is Joel Hubbard. I'm here with Jim Zartman. And we are doing episode three of season two of the Enneagram Panels podcast. And this is about the one. So yes, type ones. These are really hardworking people that deal with this internal voice that's constantly reminding them of where they're falling short. And I think that once we understand that about the type one, it gives us so much compassion for uh, for these vo- folks that tend to be hard driving and hardworking and exacting and precise. So it, it helps us understand this is this is their work. They're having to turn from being really driven by that per- need to be perfect, need to be right, need to be good to a place of peace, serenity as the vice to the virtue sort of transformation happens in their lives. And so now once you understand and you'll hear this panel, you'll hear them talk about the internal struggle, from the external perspective, they look like they've got it together. Much of the time, it's really they're composed. They don't really show much emotion. So it's hard to read and they seem to be confident. Uh, But as they begin to talk about what's going on inside – it gives us so much compassion for them to understand that there's a drive, there's an ongoing voice that tells them they're imperfect, they're not measuring up, they need to do this better. And I think that uh, you'll see that in how they communicate and, and where they're, the attention of the mind consistently goes. Yeah, they talk about having that strong inner critic and everyone that we've talked to really resonates with that phrase of the strong inner critic. And we were saying in, in the first episode how if we're going to grow and go through transformation, we have to first come to that self-knowledge where we see ourselves. And then we have to go through this acceptance um, in order to do the third stage of doing the work to, to go into transformation. But that doesn't happen without the acceptance where it's all grace. And we we're talking about it being all grace. And this is hardest for the one. The one more than any other type struggles with that grace piece. Mm. I have asked type ones in either typing interviews or in in, um, coaching, how are you doing with with grace, with showing yourself grace? And every time there's this pause and this sigh and this like, well, Mm. (laughs) it's the ongoing work, right? So – And this is true for every type. Whenever we ask the question that is where the type struggles the most, this is where you're going to get that, yeah, this is the hard part. This is the stuff that I I really deal with daily. And what's neat about this episode is we actually had a special guest, which is your coach. My coach. Oh, I was in awe of watching her do some incredible insights on this on this one. So, yeah, my coach, Joan Ryan, exceptional, exceptional coach. She's been using the Enneagram in her coaching business now for, I think, 20 years or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, But what I loved about her is that she continues to do her own work of transformation. But the insights that she provides, my goodness, um, really, really good insights. Um, said, you know, it's it's really learning how to see beauty for type ones is to see beauty uh, around them because otherwise they're always going to see what's perfect and imperfect. But they do have the capacity to see beauty and that is very helpful to them. Uh, but yeah, it is the, the whole grace component is probably one of the most difficult pieces for the one is to show themselves grace first. So if they feel ungracious at times to the world around them, it's it's happening a hundred times worse to themselves. And there is some moments on here where there is just the admonition of, 
I'm not there yet. I'm not over that hill yet. Um, this is still a struggle for me. And once again, we did have Joel's coach as our guest, um, Joan Ryan, an exceptional Enneagram coach has been in this for a very, very long time. And so really appreciate um, her being on this with us and her insights. And I'm just thrilled that we're able to do this, but it was really, really great to have her and all of our panelists. We're very grateful to them. This is a hard path. The transformation path seems to be harder for some types than others. And a large portion of that for the one is because of this grace piece, because there is the strong inner critic, and that is going to create a rub with the acceptance piece. So there is both simultaneously a heightened awareness of the need for acceptance, the self-acceptance, the grace, the I am enough, and simultaneously with the ever-wanting perfection. Mm. And that rub creates a very high challenge in this work for the one. Well, and I and I also want to say this is sort of a broader perspective and should, this should this applies to all all nine types is that you know depending upon male female your culture these are all things that definitely make it either more difficult for you. In our work here we deal with a lot of the individual responsibility for transformation. But we don't marginalize the effects that the environment had on you. I think that's important to understand. We have folks from diverse backgrounds, diverse ethnicities that you know have been on the panel and on different panels we've done in the past, and those things really play a significant role. So that's one of the things I wanted to say. The other thing is we need to continue to understand that each type really has a gift to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really what we're driving at is not the fixation on what you're doing wrong. But it's actually uh, to deal with what is sabotaging your gift, your success, the thing that you're supposed to do in this world that you actually do want to do most. But, you know, we tend to have a lot of focus sometimes on what's not working in us. And so a lot of what I do now with coaching, and this has been a change in the recent months, but is to start off by asking, what are you doing well? You know, what's going good in your life right now? And so if we're going to deal with some of the hard stuff, yeah, let's deal with the hard stuff. But understand it's just because it's sabotaging you. That's why. Because you have this gift. And so let's focus in on the gift and really celebrate that so that you start to really lean into that. Because I find that a lot of types end up working in industries or being in, 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 in situations that isn't them. And they're stressing out and working so hard at trying to change and be something that they're not rather than enjoying the fact that they are this wonderfully made creation, you know, and have such an incredible gift for the world around them. That's an incredibly important point. The purpose of transformation is to end the self-sabotage that is keeping you from reaching the fullest potential you have for impact in the world. And so that's, that is the work of every type. Um, So, Without further ado, we do want to get to the one panel. Thank you so much to our panelists and to all of you ones out there and the gifts you bring to the world. May you have grace for yourself as you continue to grow and uh, do wonderful things in the world. We appreciate you. We love you. And enjoy our time together here.
All right. Well, welcome, everyone. We're just going to jump in uh, for the sake of time. I want to, first of all, say thank you to my one panelists for being so courageous to be on this panel, because I know it takes some inner strength to do this. So I appreciate that. Let me begin by reminding you guys. So the one panels, uh, the ones are in what's called the body triad. And so eight, nines, and ones. And uh, so I want to sort of begin with what the theory of the Enneagram is, which for the ones. Oh, I'm so sorry. Joan is my coach, and I owe so much to her. A lot of my own work and transformation is a result of, of Joan. So thank you. Well, I, uh, I have grown so much, and she challenges me, and I think everybody needs that person that sees, and Joan sees very well. She's been doing this for 25, 30 years with the Enneagram, teaches at a high-level national teacher. When I asked her, I was thrilled that she said yes to me. So yeah, we're thrilled to have her here with me. So what I want to do is, is sort of start out with um, the Enneagram proposes that type ones, the attention of type ones tends to go towards what's perfect or what's imperfect rather. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that and, um, you know, see what that looks like for you as a type one. Uh, what does your attention tend to take you? What does it mean that you tend to see imperfect things in the world around you? It's good to be here. Thank you, Joan, for the opportunity. It means just always seeing how things can be better, how the world should be. For me personally, unfortunately, it can be a thing of, okay, the glass is half full, but it could be more. Um, How can I make it better? So it's a constant striving for something that could be real. You set the bar high, but then reality hits you and then you... Mm. Uh, meet reality somewhere and learning to make peace with that. It's been a growing process for me where I'm at in life right now. And just understanding that it's okay. The world is not ideal. So I completely agree with what you said, dealing with the emotional aspect of it. So this morning I was looking out my window at three dead trees that I really want gone. And... (laughs) I am so excited. I can see it. It will make the world so much better. I hate dead trees. I hate things that aren't quite right. Uh, And so I'm very excited about this, but I can't do it by myself. I have to wait for my husband. And so then the, uh, the dread of waiting comes in and then I'm depressed. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, I am bipolar and I need help. Um, so I go through this emotional roller coaster of like being very elated and wanting to change stuff. And I, it's great if I can do it myself, but if I have to rely on other people, oh dear, it just is not, (laughs) it's very challenging. Mm. Yeah. So both of you said your attention tends to take you towards those things. What's, uh, the, the ideal of what could be or should be. And then sometimes having to deal with reality in your case, you know, waiting for hubby to come home and, and cut those trees down. Uh, talk a little bit, too, about the inner critic. I've heard from a number of type ones who say they deal with quite a bit of that sense of criticism internally, you know, first for the self and for how imperfect, you know, the types tend to feel about themselves and then also about the world around them. Maybe say a few things about that. How does that, what does that look like in your life? Um, So besides having a twin sister who is my critic, I've learned, I have a lot of training on that, but in a good way. For example, 
it's good to give examples. Um, I work at making cakes and pastries and I started out with an ideal in my head this morning of a cake order and it had to be perfect roses, perfect border. And it's the first one I make uh, professionally. And so in my head, it looked like the Food Network, right? Like the ones you see in the magazine because everybody can do that if you follow the instructions. But then, you know, every once in a while, you see that little loop in the border that is not supposed to be there. And so to hide that, I will put some sprinkles. And um, so my inner critic in the whole process is telling me, this is just not good enough to put out, put out on the shelf. Who is going to buy this? But then as I'm coming out, putting it out on the shelf, a customer wants the cake. And so it's sold right away in front of my face. So I said, okay, maybe I'm just a little bit more hard on myself than I think um, uh, I should be. Yeah. So that's that constant inner critic of that's just not good enough. But almost always or many times people saying, oh, that is actually very good. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a constant learning which voice to hear yeah. and pay attention to. So you're harder on yourself, it sounds yeah. like. Then. Absolutely. Then people are on me. Yeah. 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 So growing up, I struggled with learning. Speaking, reading, all of those were more than challenging. I had a speech therapist. I had um, a reading comprehension teacher. I had lots of extra help. And so my mom just reminds me of the hours I would spend doing things just to get it just right. And I had one of those teachers was just like, well, what's wrong with a B? And I said, it's not an A. And Mm. so why would I want to do mediocre when it could be great? I've always wanted to do the best because I know that it can be done. Like it's not something I just have always strived for better, but there's a cost to that. And so dealing with time, children, <laughs> marriage, like all of those things and trying to to figure out, okay, what does that all mean? And it can't all be perfect. Yeah. It can't. Yeah, yeah. I can tie it together with this. You said that you couldn't stand the dead trees. But I bet if the trees are alive, you recognize them as perfect, right? Yeah. Right. So the reason I pick up on that is that it's one place that I know that ones can go and, and see perfection, okay? Outside, a lot of ones I know will talk about animals. Animals can be perfect because they're created that way. Um, The reason I pointed out to you is when you get into that spin of wait a minute and how am I going to remember that there is perfection in the world, but you don't have to create it, Mm. okay? It's already there. Mm. And it's a way to pull yourself out of that bull, (laughs) okay? Mm. So just watch and see if it works. What you're not allowed to do is criticize the way that the trees are removed (laughs) (laughs) because they just need to go down, okay? And it's the same as her story. The head, the voice in your head is going, it's not quite good enough, but everybody else, you know, jumps. It's wonderful. So you just watch. That's how you soften the type. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about this. We're never going to get rid of it, but it softens a little bit which will make you more comfortable, I promise. Mm. Let's talk about a little bit about the fact that 
emotion is not something that typically ones will gravitate towards or will feel. Some of my one friends say uh, when they feel those emotions rise up, it's this you know kind of suppression of it. Would you talk a little bit about that? What is it that is happening in you or why do you distrust them? Or what, I don't know, I'm putting words here, but what's happening and why is it difficult for you to allow the emotions to surface and just to feel them? So last month I was trying to process dance team for my daughter. My work is changing hours and what department and all those things. So I'm exhausted trying to process what does God want me to do as well as how am I feeling about it? I am very intuitive. So I oftentimes, it's a feeling that I have and then I go, but I've been drained just trying to figure out and process. Is this good? Is this bad? Is it right? Is it? I can, I can agree with you. Uh, I think that's where the battle The internal battle can be huge. It's all happening inside of me. And the need to rationalize, why do I do the things I do? Mm. It's very important. So if I'm going to scream out loud, I need to better have a great reason. Like somebody died, God forbid. And even then, I haven't been able to scream. I don't know. Maybe my sister, when she was younger, she would do all the screaming for me. (laughs) And I really noticed some emotions I don't get to experience often. Mm. But maybe it's a sense of control to feel like the world, it's in order if I'm able to control myself. Mm. And, and so emotions is usually almost like an afterthought um, many times. Maybe the body takes precedence or doing something about it takes more precedence than the way I feel about it. Mm. Still, I'm not untouched by the reality of emotions being such a part of human experience, but I can, I can identify with, as the one, as emotion not being a north for me. If I feel this way, do I do this? I mean, not always. I have to justify. And if it feels right, then I do it. Okay. Yeah, so you, you mentioned needing a rational explanation as one of the reasons for allowing the emotions to, to come out. Um, Some types call it the justifying. I have to feel Mm -hmm. like I have to justify, Mm -hmm. you know, my desires. Like Mm -hmm. if I, I just can't have a desire. Mm -hmm. I have to justify the desire. Mm -hmm. Is that something that makes sense to you as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's like being in front of a judge and having to explain why did I do what I did and having to rationalize that with myself. Because Mm -hmm. in my head, there's that inner critic always saying, well, why do you say that? Or, well, I say that because I feel this way, but mm. so then that dialogue happens internally. But it's not quite a head thing. It's maybe something else. Mm. Okay. I, I can tell that when my filter is down, when I'm exhausted and my filter is down, then yeah, my emotions take precedence over my rational being. Mm. Okay. And, I get like a child almost. Okay. I want what I want and I want it now. <laughs> Nathan can testify to that. <laughs> so for those who are actually looking at the screen, uh, which I'm not, is the, um, as you can see, where the one, when the one is stressed or distressed, it moves towards the four, uh, the low side of the four. The fours are called the romantics. Um, the low side is the melancholy, um, the depression, the 
the, the deep sadness. So one's often describe that, like when, when they're stressed and can't get things quite perfect enough, there's this, sometimes there's this uh, melancholy that comes in and, uh, and sort of keeps you stuck. So that's the one when it's stressed and when it's relaxed goes to the seven. And that's the, the higher side of the seven, which is not necessarily bouncing around to everything, but sort of uh, laid back, relaxed, easygoing, allowing things to just be without the need to make everything perfect. So, so let's talk about growth um, since we're on that right now. Is, um, how are you showing yourself grace? In, you mentioned the cake incident and other things that you and I have talked about in terms of how you're moving towards grace. Maybe talk about that. How are you doing with showing yourself more grace and uh, being okay with things not being perfect, being okay with you not being perfect? I think I have no choice. I've noticed <clears throat> some things I, I'm not able to quite meet the perfect standard that sometimes I'm, I think that's how it should be. And so learning to make peace with that and saying, okay, what is the growth in this? Mm. So if I can't make a perfect cake, well, the one turned out pretty good. But if the other one couldn't be perfect, can I be okay with that and move forward and not let that crush the whole, the rest of the day and my confidence? Mm. And how do I grow from that instead of that taking away my joy and, and my energy? And I really, it's come just with many years of feeling like I'm just never going to shift that. So may as well learn from it. Mm. And... Um, Search for meaning more than perfection. If a cake that is not perfect makes somebody happy, then that makes me more happy than a perfect cake who it's never sold, perhaps. Wow. I think it's insightful. What you're describing is that you've figured out a growth path that's just perfect for one, which is to shift the attention off of those details that could be correct or incorrect, to a larger view. Mm. The more you do that, instinctively yeah. you're going exactly in the right direction. It loosens the tight hold that the type has. So again, you know, without being overly repetitive, you're going exactly that way. Oh, wait a minute. There's something more here than the little squiggle that's out of line. And I'm saying it's silly, but I know it, from inside sometimes it's very painful. So it's one of the ways you can do it. Um, Mm. I just wanted to expand your definition on movement. We tend to associate stress with negative and security or relaxed with positive. And 25 years ago when I was learning this, that's what the book said, that you went to the low side. What we now know is that that move, even if it's caused by stress, could bring in the more positive aspects Mm. of that stress point. Mm. Mm. So it might just loosen your emotions Mm. and open you to let you express a little bit more. It doesn't have to be necessarily into the negative. Mm. And similarly, when you move in relaxation to seven, you might get real clear. I mean, they're the best planners in the world you might move into that space, which is a little broader and a little looser than if you're stuck in one. Mm. Yeah. So we should talk about grace. How, how are you showing yourself grace uh, these days? And 
not sure what to say. When I am commuting into Boston and working four days a week and feeling overwhelmed, I get home and my family... I said I wasn't going to cry because I was putting makeup on. I am very irritable, very cranky, and I have part of being who I am. I always try to find what's better. So I've tried so many different things um, to make that better. Kind of like cleaning the house. I think I've read more decluttering and fixing books on my house and my family than... (sighs) Oh, it's unbelievable. But um, so it's showing grace to myself is very hard. Mm -hmm. I get very frustrated and angry. And I just want everyone out of my way and I just want to clean the house. Mm -hmm. I don't care that you had a bad day at school. I don't care that supper's not ready. I don't care about anything. I just need to, like, I have a, I am OCD at that point. I am. You're You're very human. Get out of my way. Do you know that it's okay to feel like that sometimes? It's not going to last forever. It can't. I think what, what Joan is saying is so very important. I just had a long conversation with a one earlier today out of the blue, coincidentally. I haven't talked with him in months, called me and said, hey, can we talk? I said, well, it just happens to be that I'm doing a one panel tonight. Perfect timing. And um, she's going through very similar things that you're describing. Very similar. And so we talked about emotion. We talked about allowing. You know, in the Enneagram language, it's instead of contracting, it's expanding. Instead of fighting, it's allowance of things to be as they are, uh, including you falling apart, including you having uh, the emotion surface. And to, to allow them to, to be, to feel even the emotions. And in uh, doing so, they, as Joan said, they're not going to last. They don't, they don't last forever. Um, they do pass. But that's also part of the pathway to getting in touch with uh, desire, getting in touch with your, your, your true inner self, you know, and also becoming more integrated with the three centers of intelligence and ones tend towards body intelligence and then oftentimes towards rationalizing that body. And it's, it's, you know, action first, I am what I do, action, and then right to the justification of the rationalization of it and very little in the area of feeling. And so to integrate all three parts that you're you're one with yourself, giving yourself permission to say, I need to feel, I need to feel right now what's going on. And that itself just allows the emotion to pass through, you know, not to have to have a justification for it. It's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. Maybe. What we were taught was (laughs) it takes more energy to suppress Mm -hmm. or to stop anything that is an energy and emotions are energies. I'm a nine, very close to a one, so I get this. It doesn't mean that you have to show it all to those closest to you, you know, because it's not exactly fair. But you do have to find a way to get it out of you because if you keep trying to stuff it, it unfortunately is going to get bigger. 
Mm. I know this one real well. The trick is to find some outlet, um, whether it's a way of focusing, a way of prayer, a way of meditation. A lot of people use exercise. But you're moving that energy of emotion through your body so that it can go away. Experiment. Maybe this helps me get out. You said One of you said something before that you couldn't actually scream. I think you said, I couldn't either. And a little bit at a time, practicing with no one else around. It's very important. And then my full voice came out. Because that suppression is what's causing all of the contraction and the, and the pain. There's nothing wrong with this. It's completely human and natural. So this is especially helpful to body types is to get in touch with your, your physical body <laughs> and, uh, and to allow the emotions to process through that. And so just take a few moments now to take uh, some deep breaths. And uh, whatever works for you, sitting comfortably or uh, opening your eyes with a soft gaze or just uh, closing your eyes, whatever helps you to, to focus in. Just take a deep breath in and out. Just take a few more breaths. Bring your attention to your, your body. Let's begin with the top of your head. Just work your way through the top of your head to your jaw. Notice if there are any headaches or tension in the jaw or neck area. And if there is, just be present to that in this moment. That uh, Sort of be gracious to yourself and just tell your, your jaw, your, your head, it's okay. It's okay. You can release that. Work your way down to your chest area. For some of you, it might be helpful to even put a hand on your chest to sort of show yourself that uh, show yourself some grace. Like I'm, I'm here uh, for you. And uh, notice if there's any tension or tightness in your chest area. Work your way down to your, your belly and see if you can get the breath all the way down to your lower belly. Maybe put your hands on your lower belly and as you breathe in, see if you can expand that. And then breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And now just invite the presence of God to just come into your body. I think of the psalmist who said, my body cries out for you. Just welcome the Spirit of God to just come in through your body, from your head all the way down to your feet. Just breathe it in. Breathe out. Bring your retention back out 
Well, thank you again, one panelist. Any questions before we transition to a break? Yes. I was thinking about what you shared and thinking it's almost like there's no place for you to rest. Is there anything that you, that would bring you relaxation or anything that you can do that would give you a space to just have some peace or rest? There's something in what what you said that's critical here for ones. I've talked to a lot of ones over time who say that order creates internal calm. When there is external order, I think that's what the cleaning is, is I am creating order and that translates. So that may be a clue to look for something. Um, Mm -hmm. I also like what a lot, what Joel just did. You can do that in three minutes, provided there's a door you can close so nobody's climbing on you. (laughs) Um, Really quick, but it will bring your attention off of all that. I have a tendency to be like you guys with the high expectations and stuff like that. How do you express yourself to other people so that they meet your needs? And then how do you also kind of allow them to do what, you know what I mean, like what they have to do and not take it so personally, like get the trees cut? I'm like that. I have a project. I got to get it done. And when I have to rely on somebody else, I'm like, oh, but how do you, how do you balance that? I mean, that's part of the, that's part of the struggle right now is, is working through that. And and that's okay. I mean, sometimes what I like about this, and just to take a little bit of a break off of the, uh, the, the, the tension here, this is what I love about being real and being truthful about where we are in any given moment. And I applaud you for doing that because that takes courage. There are far too many people who are BSing their way through life. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Oh, yeah, I got this Enneagram thing figured out. Yeah, yeah, I'm killing it. It's like you're not killing it. Yeah, I I got one class and I understand. I just, I just think, well, if you're killing it, I'm not. And I feel pretty, and I'm teaching this stuff. <laughs> so like, I just so appreciate when, uh, when you can say, here's where I'm at and be real, because that gives permission for the rest of us to also be real and to say, yeah, we're, we're with you. We're not, we're not here to, to, to fix you. We're here to say, yeah, we've got work ourselves to do. Thank you for opening the door to, to transparency that the rest of us can walk through. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Let's give these guys a big hand. Really good. Thank you so much. Before you go, a few things we wanted to make sure everyone knows about. One is the Facebook page, which we're a little slow in getting things rolling, but we do want to be adding more content there and will be in the coming weeks. So uh, please search for the Enneagram Panels podcast on Facebook and you can join the page there and uh, we can interact a little bit more as we continue to build a community for transformation. If you're interested in being coached by Joel, and he uses the Enneagram as one of his tools since he's certified in the narrative tradition, you can contact him through his website, which is www.joelhubbard.com. There's a link in the show notes. This is Jim Zartman, and my wife Abby and I are doing some couples coaching where a couple coaches a couple using the Enneagram, of course, and other tools. 
If you're interested in that, you can contact me through my website, which is www.jimzartman.com. Thanks to everyone who has given us a rating or a review on iTunes. It really helps people find the show, and we really appreciate it and want everyone to do that if they can. This podcast is produced at Talkie Records Studio in Lynn, Massachusetts by me, Jim Zartman, and is made possible by Vine 39 Church in Stoneham, Massachusetts. So I hope this week you have grace for yourself and you breathe and you join us next time as we dive into what is growth for the two. <laughs>